0: And welcome to another episode of MP I'm Cannon Grace, and as always I'm joined by Ross Miriam, and we are brought to you by Barrister and Man with two ends. Don't forget that. Ross, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Had a nice relaxing night last night. Uh, just watched some movies. Saw Knives Out for the first time. It was very good. I here's the thing. Obviously the movie's good. I think I suffered from the thing
0: of everyone being like... Because I didn't see it right away. Everyone was like, go see this movie, go see this movie. It's the best thing you'll ever see. And I was like, yeah, it's good. It's got a, a great ensemble cast. And I think maybe that's what does it for me is most movies that have like... You know, every person in the movie is like a big name actor. I feel they don't hit with me all the time. I'm not sure. Like, you know, I'm not saying the movie was bad. In fact, I'm saying the movie was good. But I was like, this was not the... Like, everyone was like, it's a masterpiece. And I was like it's good you know like
1: yeah i wouldn't call it a masterpiece but it was really good yeah i think there's just it. a lot of hype yeah and i watched it well after the hype died so that was probably smart
0: when did it come out was it like late 2019 or something was I it like one th- of the f-
1: i think so I was it one it of the was- first
0: big movies that came out like during the pandemic so maybe that was a thing you know like everybody's like you know we have nothing else to do but watch movies and tv you know kind of like um that tiger show or whatever on Netflix was super popular, which like might not have happened if it wasn't for all of us being stuck at home all the time.
1: Yeah. It was released on November 27th, 2019.
0: Yeah. So yeah, like right into the pandemic. Yeah. So, um, that's probably a big thing that happened with or whatever, but anyway, uh, anything else?
1: No, just have a good week. Normal week here in Roanoke. Mm -hmm. Might go to a baseball game tomorrow. That'll be fun. Wait, what? Mm Hmm. The Salem, Salem Red Sox are like ten minutes away.
0: Oh, what is that? Like single A? Double. Double. Okay.
1: Oh no, okay. no, it's it's single. It's single.
0: Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, uh, I, I actually had no idea that they were. I didn't realize Salem was that close. How far is that?
1: Uh, it is literally the town to the west of Roanoke.
0: Yeah, Are they having a, a beer uh, deal for that night. I think so. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I say. I figured as much. We used to go to uh. The it was the Mets minor league teams in in Vegas when I was there. We used to go every now and then because uh you know I lived with Efra for a while and he's a big Mets fan. Especially if like a player was on a rehab assignment, yeah. You know, Sometimes you get to see the major league player like you know play a few games in the minor stuff. So that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, the Salem Red Sox are low A. This is it's uh, They're actual I, I, low I, A. Yeah, they're low A. I can so, literally take the city bus to the stadium. is how yeah. close it is. The uh, so,
0: yeah, it's it's fun that some 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 of these places still have low A teams. You know, the, the, like, especially the ones that have more money and stuff. So, um, well, let's say I'm glad that you've had a relaxing week. My week has been anything but. I am very mentally drained uh, this week. I have so much going on. Uh, I have uh, an event this weekend that I'm going to that I'm doing. Uh, vending for and probably be the last thing that I, the last one of these that i do for quite a while it's just like i've already paid for everything i'm already set up like you know i just probably should go do this even though maybe i shouldn't i don't know that's neither here nor there um but you know get in do the work get out kind of thing but um i guess i guess i can actually announce this they haven't told me that i, I can't say this or whatever that's coming up but um this is the thing that's really been racking me mentally is um, I'm sure some people listening will know. I'm sure this won't be a, a, a surprise to everyone listening or they've never heard of this game. if you have heard of the game Flesh and Blood. Uh, you've
1: heard of this game, right, Russ? Yeah, there's some people in Roanoke that are playing it.
0: Right, yeah. It's, it's a cool new card game. Um, the basis is you each pick a hero... You have, like, some weapons, some armor, and then, like, you know, you have cards that do a whole bunch of things, and you're trying to kill each other. You know,
2: it's
0: it, it it's like a game of Magic, but not. You know what I mean? Like, there's there some similarities in the way that certain things work, right? Yeah. Um, They pretty much—so they're getting pretty popular now, and they pretty much took the discarded organized play system from Magic the Gathering and just slapped it onto, onto their product, right? You know, they have uh, events that are, I'm not even going to use the the names from Flesh and Blood. It's just I'm, I'm, like they have events that are PTQs and they have four Grand Prixs going on this year kind of level things into nationals and then the Pro Tour. And they're literally calling it the Pro Tour and they're calling it nationals, which I mean like, what else would you call it really, right? But it's funny because it's they took the, the same model and pretty much called it all the same stuff, right? And uh, the first Grand Prix is coming up in about, what day is today? It's about three weeks from now. Today's the 25th. We're recording this late on a Wednesday afternoon, about 5 p.m. my time, 6 p.m. your time, so evening on Wednesday. Um, On, I think it's the 11th and the 12th of September. Let me pull my calendar. Yeah, the 11th and 12th of September, there's going to be one going on in Vegas, and I will be casting it. So I'm going to be one of the main casting people working through Channel Fireball and um, whoever else the uh, the company it is that runs it. I, I don't know the name of it or whatever, but, you know, I was contacted. And they asked me, they were like, have you heard of this game? I was like, yeah, I've, I've actually got high opinions of it, even though I've never played a game. Yeah, that's correct. I'm, I'm getting asked this, and I've never played a game of this game before. And I was like, I've got really high opinions. Uh, like, all of my friends play. And they are like, well, how fast do you think you can learn the game? Because <laughs> you're perfect for what we want to, to cast uh, the event. So, um, yep, my face gets to be one of the first ones ever shown on this game on, like, a national or, you know, universal stage. Um, I get to help shape it, you know what I mean? Like, they're, I'm sure they're going to give me notes, but like, you know, if, if I start, you know, using a certain verbiage in this game, it's just going to stick, you know, kind of thing. And it's going to be interesting, right? Like there's, I will say this, I'm a bit nervous because, uh, I, I have since played games of Flesh and Blood since, you know, I've known this, but it's very daunting, Ross. Um, the game is pretty complicated, even though there's not a ton of cards and a ton of sets out, but it is going to be constructed and it's every card that's in the game right now. So, I'm going to have to memorize a lot of cards. Not all of them obviously. I'm just going to try to memorize like every card in all the big popular decks and then, you know, I'm going to be the play-by-play guy anyway. So, like I'm just going to be kind of like talking about what's going on, you know, and it, my main job is to make the person next to me sound really smart, right? Like the the professional, the 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 color analyst, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Usually that's the that's the two, it's play-by-play and color.
1: Yeah. And that's usually an easy job when the person next to you is me, but when it's not me, it might get a little bit harder.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to take it away. I, I'm not even, I'm, I'm going to be meeting the people tomorrow for the first time uh, through some some online, you know, like Zoom or something, you know, some some meeting thing. Um, I'm, I'm going to make sure that it's not the first time I've talked to them when we're in the booth. You know, I'm going to make sure that we, you know, understand each other's cadence, understand, understand each other's talking styles, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you, you need a friendly rapport, Right. And I'm going to definitely make sure that they understand that I'm going to be leaning heavily on them when it comes to certain things, right? Like, you know, like, I'm only going to understand the game to a certain depth. I'm going to do the best I can to learn everything, you know, I've done there. And, but just like I said, this is all very daunting. And I've done this before. Uh, Anyone who knows about, like, the esports stuff that I did back in the day, you know, I did a lot of uh, casting for Hearthstone. And, you know, we did this thing where we were, you know, doing it four or five days a week, You you know, putting 15 to 20 hours of, you know, content out of live casting matches and stuff. At, at the highest level, and I didn't even know how to play the game like a month before we started. You know, I was like doing all the stuff at work, plus, you know, spending four or five hours a day learning the game, and this one, unlike Hearthstone, uh, has a very specific, I don't want to say problem, it's a challenge that Hearthstone didn't have, in the fact that the name of the game is called Flesh and Blood, and the main reason that is the game is supposed to be played in the flesh and blood. You're supposed to play in person. There's no digital program for this. There's no arena. There's no Magic Online for flesh and blood, right? There is a tabletop simulator that people have coded to where you can can do that now. But I can't just go sign on to Arena and play for like six hours a day for the next two weeks. Because like, let's put it this way. If it was the other way around, if I was a player for another game and Magic was like, hey, we want you to, you know, cast this thing, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, cast a standard match or, you know, cast some modern stuff. I could go get an arena or go get on Magical Online or go look at some some content, like just watch people play, and I could learn very quickly. That is not an option for this game. So I'm having to look at a lot of text coverage. There's there's some stuff on, like, you know, YouTube and, and stuff like that for it, but it's a very budding card game. Even though it's been out for a few years now, there's not a lot of content, especially like not, a, you know, a ton of high-level content because there hasn't been anything, right? It's no problem of the content creators. I'm not, I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying there's there's not a lot out there for me to watch. Some of it's not in English, which is a problem. You know, it's one of the only languages I speak. So <clears throat> trying to do all this, um, it's made me nervous, right? You know, I'm a little antsy about it. I'm up for the challenge. But no one likes to look or sound like an idiot, right? And so I want to make sure that I at least exceed that expectation. Let's, let's you know. Yeah, set the bar low. Yeah, exactly. And I have a feeling I'm going to do really well. Um, you know, Brian Bisoko, you know, I, I mentioned him a lot on the show. He's a local guy. I mean, he's been playing a ton. Uh, Jonathan Jobs has been playing a ton. A couple of my other friends, uh, you know, Nathan Zamora, who used to work with they are all doing it. So I'm, I'm already in a Discord thing with them where they play every day. I'm talking to people a lot um, for at least like an hour every day. One of them gets on a, on a call with me on Discord and we just go over deck lists. And I'm like, yeah. So, like, you know, I'm taking notes per hero because there's a lot of heroes too where I'm like, so, like, you know what kind of you know deck, and they're like, and it's very easy because a lot of it's very portable from Magic. You know they'd be like, uh, this one's like a burn deck, right? The men that play like the burn deck in Modern, That's pretty much what they're trying to do. They're trying to use spells to burn you out. Uh, yeah. This one's like a this one's like a combo deck. This one's like a ramp deck. This one's like you know mid range. And to me, there's a very clear best hero, best deck in this format. So we'll see. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of mirrors of that going on if people are really ready at this event because like I think you're gonna see like like I said this is the first big event. I think you're gonna see quite the range of player here. You're gonna see some people like some local people or some people that just wanted to play an event and go, but are people who are like I- I'm legit trying for this because you know there's a ton of money in this game and stuff like that. And that character is very much like a Dredge Necro deck. Okay. And it does some dirty things in the game and it's there's and there's a lot going on. When it's doing that too. Because there's so many zones. And I think that is the most. The thing that was hardest for me to get over. Like um, the most daunting thing was. You know the first game I play. I like sit down. And the person like sets the game up. And you start with your hero in play. They can have up to like four armor pieces. Up to like two weapons. And then like possibly other stuff too. And then you have your hand. So think about that. It's game one of magic. And there's like ten pieces on both sides of the board. And I don't know what they do. How long do you think turn one took?
1: Mm. two minutes yeah,
0: a little probably where i had to read every card and then i didn't know you know if like one of it references making some token and it doesn't tell you what the token does so you had to like i had to go like google that or like go find the token I'm like okay and I had to kind of like explain everything through and like i just deer in the headlights kind of thing because i'm just like i don't know what to do because the decision tree in this game is so complex like everything you can do because you only, it, it's it's funny. You're very limited to what you can do, but you're actually not in a lot of ways because you can do it all different ways. Like the resource system in the game is not through lands. The cards can be pitched. It's kind of like the versus system. The cards can be pitched for an amount of resources and the resources sure. cast cash your other stuff. So every card can either be played or pitched, right? And then you like, you always redraw cards at the end of your turn. So like you're never like, it, it, it's a different game where like, you start out pretty strong, like, you have all your stuff, and you're churning through stuff, and then you get kind of weaker as the game goes on. Not not everyone's that way, but you get what I'm saying. It's, like, very different than Magic where you start out slow, and you build up to this crescendo of, like, one or two very big, impactful turns, where in this game, it's harder to see that coming. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's more like, okay, I'm gonna get a bunch of good turns in in a row, and maybe that'll get in, or, like, that deck that I talked about that I think is really good, usually has, like, one or two turns where it's, like, it does everything. It, like, sets up, sets up, sets up, and then all of a sudden it just does you know, like I said, you start with, you usually get about four cards in your hand per turn. It goes through, like, 12 cards. And so, like, if if you're a Magic player, you're a card player, like, in most games, if you're going through infinite more cards than your opponent, it's pretty good. Even though card advantage itself is not really a thing in this game. that's like, not an actual thing. It's, like, way more tempo. But, like, that's kind of what it does. It does a lot of stuff where, like, it mills itself or it exiles its own cards. And then you can cast cards from... From exile and when you do all this stuff it's i'm not gonna explain it too much but i don't know i'm excited i'm optimistic and i'm nervous so it's it's a weird spot to be in
1: yeah well i'm pretty confident that you're gonna crush it so <laughs>
0: uh, hopefully when they, when they talk to me about this tomorrow they're like look know the basics sit there look pretty introduce what's going on i would be like yeah got it boss <laughs> i can, I do, can that. do that yeah and uh i get a trip to vegas out of it i'm gonna be um i already talked to them everyone's gonna be very safe that we're working with you know we're gonna be like off the side everyone is uh vaccinated everyone's gonna be wearing masks we're not doing stuff so you know i'm I'm really excited about that kind of thing because it just has to be in person like you know we talked about there's no way to do remote stuff so um yeah that should be a lot of fun i don't know uh I'm pretty positive it's going to be broadcast on Channel Fireball's channel on Twitch or whatever. So I don't know if you want to maybe, like, tune in for a couple seconds. I know it won't be super entertaining to you if you don't understand what's going on in the game. But anyone listening that's been looking into it or wants to find out about it, make sure you check it out. It's going to be uh, September, I think, 11th yeah, eleventh and 12th. So very soon. You know, I already booked my flights and everything. It is This all came together very
1: fast. So You're not going to want to forget that date, September 11th.
0: Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, that week, I, there's a very good chance I will not be on the show that week. Uh, so Ross and I had a little talk about that uh, like a day or two ago. So you might get a special guest. So maybe maybe some people can give us some ideas of what they want.
1: You know, uh, We're, we're going to do an avant-garde episode that's just me screaming into the void yes. for four hours.
0: Well, are you going to literally be screaming? Yes. Like the actual just four you, hours there's, straight. There's, there's no nothing way. but screaming. You, your voice wouldn't handle it. You wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> You'd maybe last like 40 minutes.
1: I maybe last four minutes.
0: I'm not talking about you and your ex girlfriend, Ross. I'm talking about you screaming in the <laughs> mic here. All right. Um, anyway, we're, we're um, getting
1: into that phase of the show a little early, Tanner.
2: Boom-ts.
0: All right. But no, anyway, we, we just got like really, you know, it was real serious here for a little while. We are having like a real discussion when normally at yeah, the had, beginning had we're just cracking jokes. Yeah. And talking BS and stuff. But, um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll be able to handle that pretty easily. It's just, you know, I'm going to be out of town a lot for, you know, like four or five days and stuff, and I'm going to want to mentally, you know, get myself in the space of, you know, doing the game of Flesh and Blood. So I haven't been playing a ton of Magic <laughs> in the last few days, I've been playing a lot of Flesh and Blood, but one thing that I did do in Magic uh, was watch what I like to call the State of the Union. For anyone who knows what the State of the Union is, it's pretty much what Magic did yesterday. I don't... What do they actually call it? Does it have a name? It's a Magic I Showcase, I think.
1: Sure. Whatever yeah. the fuck they want to call it.
0: So, uh, like, once a year, they do this thing called the Magic Showcase on Twitch, where they pretty much lay out what they're going to do for the year in Magic. And there's usually, like, a lot of really cool uh, things going on, and they announce, like, their sets, you know, when stuff's going to come out to give you a lot of specific dates, or the general ones, because they might not have the specific date yet. And uh, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about all the stuff that's coming up in 2022, or, you know, I think that maybe some of the back half of 2021 might be in here as well. And this is a good show for you to get the uh, to get this information from, because uh, not that, you know, we know a ton about it, you know, I know a decent bit, but I'm pretty optimistic, and Ross generally isn't when it comes to this stuff, so we're going to have a, a nice, little, uh, nice little discussion about these two things. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so... Um, one of the first things that got shown, and this happens traditionally almost every time this happens, uh, one of these you know shows goes on, and some stuff leaked out like right beforehand. You know, we started getting pictures of some of the stuff, but we got some new secret layers uh, shown on the show, and one of the ones that really caught people's eye. I don't know if you saw this one, the one of the three planeswalkers. Did you see this?
1: Um, no. Okay, I didn't so... watch any of this. To be fair, okay. So I've, so... I've read most of what they're doing, but
0: yeah. So one of them is it's just three Planeswalkers. It's uh, Karn the Great Creator, Teferi Time Raveler, and Dak Faden. They're all in retro bordered because they're all created in a way that it looks like it was a card that was printed in the 90s. Like they're worded that way. Like there's no plus or minus on the card. It literally looks like just like a Legends card. And obviously it is chock full of of, uh, text, which no one should ever read because it's, you know, it's written awfully. But we all just know what these cards do, you know, so you can kind of play them that way. But I will say this, the way they look, like the art and everything, I'm I'm a big fan. Like, I might have to get a set of some of these. They look amazing. Um, it's got, like, the old school vibe look to it. And these break the rule of, the, of what the general rule was. When if, if you got a card in the early to mid-90s and it had this much text on it, you could just move on. It sucked. Almost every card back in the day that had this much text was awful. Unlike in today's Magic, where you need a paragraph for it to be good, uh, how you feeling about these, Ross?
1: Um, I I don't care about them at all.
0: Yeah, yeah, I figure as much. There's also a uh, a Kamigawa secret layer that's coming. Where, if I remember right, all of these, yeah, I think they're all reprints. If I remember right, and they yeah. have this really really cool uh, art style where. It's it's kind of almost like the sketch cards from MH two where there's like not a ton of color on the card but there's enough and then uh, you can kind of like see through it it lets you see through the text box really well you know like Planeswalkers generally have the full art like it goes back beyond the text yeah. box but the text box blocks it it has this and this one has Heartless Itsugu Kami of the Crescent Moon uh, Michiko Kanda Truth Seeker Rayiki, the, the History of Kamigawa and Toshiro Umazawa. So it has all those, you know, one of every color. uh, Some of the legendary creatures from Kamigawa. Some of these are pretty cool. Um, The artwork on them is utterly amazing. I think these look really great. Um, The other one after that, this one's got some really cool ones. This one, these are more in the traditional style. Hold on. Ask me my opinion on it. Oh, sorry, Ross. How do you feel about this one?
1: I don't care about it at all. Okay, cool. All
0: right. Uh, The next one, uh, this is from Jonathan Voss. It's a Sphere of Safety, Karmic Guide, Sanctum Prelate, and Carpet of Flowers. So this is going to be the first, I think, foil printing ever of Carpet of Flowers in this. And you get a, a different Sanctum Prelit. And these are pretty cool. These have more of the Japanese anime vibe look to them, but they're not, like, overly done. I think the artwork on these is absolutely amazing. Carpet of Flowers looks unbelievably gorgeous. Sphere of Safety is absolutely gorgeous stuff in here. So big fan of these as well. I might actually be getting myself some of these secret layers. Ross, how do you feel about this one?
1: I uh, don't care about it at all.
0: Okay, cool, cool. All right, sweet. And then there's another one where there's going to be an artist series. Uh, of uh, it's, This is Thomas Baxa. This one has Spellskite, Sire Ob Insanity, Obnixilus Reignited, and this is the big one from this one Sliver Hive Lord. So uh, this is more traditional art, but different art for all of them. So new art and first time art for all of these. Uh, really cool looking. You know, Sliver Hive Lord is a really sought after card. In magic as well so this is your chance to get a foil one you know that kind ross how do you feel about this one
1: i uh don't care about it at all
0: okay cool and the last one ross there's one more so hopefully we get a oh change oh my as... god what there's yeah, there's, there's one. another one
1: yeah they, this one's got a really good name i think stop. you're gonna
0: like this one this one's called math for blockers and uh this one's got vindictive lich thrag dusk oren Frostfang," meandering tower shell and brazen borrower and this one has like um, I remember them talking about it. It's like a um, an exercise in shapes. Like you started out with a shape, and then they kind of like just blended the artwork around that. But I'm a big fan of the way the Thrag Tusk and the Brazen Bar in this one look. I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about this one, Russ?
1: I uh, don't care about it at all. Yeah, so I don't care about uh, it at all. does so the these like secret layers? There's like seven thousand of them at this point, right? Because they yeah. release one every other day.
0: There's like five or six a year at this point. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and you get this from your local store? You just got that little, like, I don't know, package, and it's just got, like, five cards in it, mm-hmm. and they're cool? It's just another thing that that people buy?
0: Yeah, so it's, like, another thing they buy, right?
1: But, but it's it still goes through the distributors to the local stores. It's not something you get, like, direct from Wizards?
0: No, you have to get them directly from Wizards or their website. Uh, I think if the local stores want to sell these, they have to buy them and then sell them.
1: Okay, so this is direct from Wizards?
0: As far as I know, yes.
1: So this is like super exciting like premium product and then they don't let the stores get a cut of it and then continue to talk about how much they're supporting local stores is that's what's that's what's going on
0: yes because you're kind of bearing the lead we're gonna get back to this a little bit later on what's going on because they do they did have a really cool announcement on some stuff they're doing for those stores at the local level here while they continue to do stuff like this and sell packs on amazon and bypass the LGS quite a bit. How
1: how many how much how much time and energy and how many like person hours get put in to them deciding which cards to make into a secret layer and like deciding on the name of it and then commissioning the artwork and getting all of that done. Like how mu- how much time does it take for them to do complete one secret secret layer drop? I obviously don't
0: have that information,
1: but you know, I'm, I'm sure some take
0: more than others. You know, the ones where like it's it's just a certain person's art. They're like, hey, these are the cars we want. Give us
1: new art for these, and
0: then this is this is the theme we want. You know,
1: my well, my theme for the day is that I'm I'm tired of of just allowing Watsy to continue to make more and more um, or release more and more premium products. And you're really just not allowed to criticize any of them because everyone will come back at you and, like, uh, and just, you know, chastise you for not letting people enjoy things. And it's like, well, right now we've been suffering through years of horrible competitive play, and it's clear that Watsi doesn't care about it anymore. And all of the resources that they have, or a lot of them that they have, are now being diverted towards these premium products. So, like, these things don't exist in a vacuum. The fact that you're seeing more and more releases of these, you know, secret layers and jumpstart chimichanga sets, I, I don't even know what their names are, um, you know, become uh, is, is a direct result of them diverting resources away from, you know, things that help competitive play.
0: I really want a chimichanga now. By the way, like really, I could really go for bad. a chimichanga. Really that would be
1: pretty good. I, I would, would probably buy a secret them. layer chimichanga. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> care about secret layer <laughs> Toshiro Umzawa, but a secret layer yeah. chimichanga with some is nice black dead, beans. Is it just
0: Deadpool cards? Is that what's going mm. on here? Or like, is that when we get the Deadpool cross No, I
1: I literally will just order a chimichanga from Wizards and they'll send me one. Okay, sure, sure. I don't know um, if there's a restaurant in Roanoke that makes chimichangas. There are, oh, there's got to be
0: there's there's a place there's a place between me and uh, Brian uh, between Brian and I's house uh, houses and we go there like probably like once or twice a month. to just have food. But this is one of the other things that's going on this Hold year. On. A lot of the stuff. Do is they is make sold.
1: chimichangas? You're yes. OK. And are they good? Are they, are... It's fine. It's
0: good enough. I mean, good it's Mexican enough. food, right? It's just a bunch of tortillas, meat and cheese.
1: Like, yeah. yeah. But if it's a chimichanga, then it's fried and that's even better.
0: Yeah, yeah it's 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 obviously fried. It's great. Um, but like I said, uh, these are out now, so you can go ahead and buy these on the website. I don't know when you'll get them, because sometimes it takes longer than others for this stuff. I, I'm not the shipper, so... Um,
1: well, well, why yeah, does Watsy sell these directly instead of just giving them to local stores to sell?
0: I, it's not, I didn't make the decision. I don't know.
1: I'm... This seems like something that would be really cool, and people would want to go out and buy it. And it's like, well, yep. we'll just sell this directly. Like, Watsy yeah, could know. sell everything directly to you, right? Like, they, they could just sell you booster boxes <laughs> you, and shit?
0: I'll tell you what I think the answer is, or what I, what the answer usually is, and it's one word. Money. And, I mean, this is, this is the way that, you know, Wizards is going. This is the way that Hasbro is going. More and more premium products, more cool stuff. And I'm not against it at all. It's just some of it's not for me. It's like you said, some of it's not for me, and I might not be like vocally against the stuff that's not for me. i be like, yeah, oh, this thing. I'm not gonna call it stupid because I don't like it. You know, kind of like the thing we did growing up. That's dumb. You know, if you didn't like something, it's like no, other people like it. Allow them to like it. That's fine. You know, it's just not not for me. I think some of the stuff some of the stuff actually is, but it's cool. Uh, something that definitely is for me. Another thing that's going on this year are the two Innistrad sets that are coming out later this year. Um, full previews for Midnight Hunt start on Thursday, September second. So I, I believe that we're probably going to be a little over seven days from recording our next episode, because today's the 25th. The second is next Thursday, so maybe we'll record our episode that Thursday if just a ton of cards drop, or maybe we wait till Friday to get enough cards and we can start doing our preview shows, which I'm actually really looking forward to, because this set looks great so well, far.
1: Apparently they're doing a, a stream at 9 a.m. Pacific, so no, yeah noon Eastern on that on that September 2nd. So, so You're going to get a
0: bunch of... A bunch of questions on versus live that day. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. So uh those two are gonna come out. Um there is a small rumor going on with these, especially for Crimson Val, which is the second set, that there might be box toppers involved with this set as well. So maybe some of Are cool those involved I mean, in every set? No. There hasn't been box toppers in a while, actually. Okay. Uh, that was, I think, the last one was one of the, the ultimate master sets or something like that. One of the ones with, like, Liliana of like Loliana and Mana Vault and stuff like that. There's been different things. There's like buy a box stuff and like you know the promos they gave they gave to uh, LGSs recently to give out, which were really cool. The retro yeah. like Goblin Guide stuff, Some which is retro really cool.
1: Hokey Pokey. No, those were really promos. sweet, dude. Yeah. They had
0: no, they had retro uh, dig through times, and those looked amazing. And the the scavenging re- retro scavenging oozes, oh, yeah. Well, I know.
1: think I got one of those retro dig through times actually yeah. when those I went great. to F They just like gave them out with they referred to everybody yeah. a random one, and I just happened to get a dig through time. So that's pretty yeah. cool. I have one.
0: I think the Goblin Guides look amazing, which sucks because like they're not really played anymore in Burn. But like I think it looks great.
1: Yeah, the people are still playing Goblin Guide in Burn. It's just Spike is trying out lists that play Raghavan over and DRC. And he's even not sure that Rogan's better than, than Gobble Guide even in, in those builds. But the most standard list of burn have have Gobbleguides yeah. still.
0: And speaking about your LGS and what they're doing to actually help you, there was something that was announced that will help LGSs out quite a bit. And this is about magic in-store play in 20 and, uh, 2021 and beyond. So um, taking place in December, store championships are going to be uh, going on. They can play whatever format they want at their store. Um... If you compete, you'll receive a promo Arbor Elf. If you make the top eight of the of the event, you'll get a promo Collected Company, and if you win it all, you'll collect a promo wormcoil Engine. Now, there is one thing that's even cooler: uh, if you top eight one of these uh, one of these events at a WPN Premium store, so if your store locally is premium, your store name will be printed on the card, confirming your championship victory there for every time you play. So that's actually kind of cool is you're going to get like, you know, a worm coil, like, you know, the local store to me is gamers paradise, right? So like I would get a worm coil engine with gamers paradise written on it, which would be actually kind of cool. You know,
1: I agree. That's a, that's a nice touch to these things. Um, so cool. It's weird to me that we are avoiding the return of major organized play because of the ongoing pandemic, but they're encouraging people to gather in local stores when we've seen clear evidence that a lot of local stores are not uh, being particularly cautious. I, I, I
0: agree with you hundred percent. I think some of this happened when we started coming out of it a little bit and, you know, stuff was getting lax and a lot of the stuff was put into place already. You know what I mean? Cause like they didn't just make this decision last week, you know, they didn't just make these promos and stuff last week. This is something they probably did, you know, six months ago kind of thing. So, but no, sure. I'm definitely on your side here.
1: So, uh, yeah, it's, and, you know, I don't know what they. I don't know what they had announced going into this announcement of what it was going to be about. But you know, I did certainly expected some mention of uh, you know high level organized play for twenty twenty two. But yeah, um, you know they've given us essentially nothing. Where the only thing is the store championship, which is you know it, it is part of organized play, but it, it's, it's, it's really game not. Day. Yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, game day. Day. it's not the yeah. not the same thing. This is a. Yeah. That's a local store, you know, F and M E kind of thing. A whole, whole different level, whole different ballgame. Yeah. So and we're
0: not trying to belittle that. If anyone wins your store championship, all credit to you. That's awesome. You did a really good job. You deserve it. We're not trying to. We're also talking about something like an overarching, like organized play system. They said that we would get something right, and they announced nothing here. They didn't mention it. I was going to talk about this at the end. Um, I expected them not to say anything because honestly, A, I don't think they know what they're doing yet. B. You know, we don't know what we're doing about big conventions and people getting together and stuff like that I think it's going to be, there's just going to be tournaments attached to Grand Prix type events where it's going to just be a convention kind of thing and they're going to sell stuff there like Watsy might send people with a ton of secret, you know, like they'll have their own booth or they're selling stuff, I don't get why you wouldn't do it if it's like cost effective etc you know blah blah blah, Um, we can talk about that more later too um, but it's it's hard to have an idea of what you think is going to happen when we have no idea we've got no inkling from them but for people who want to do the in-store championships if you're not just a constructed player they're going to be doing um what's it, what's it called commander party events where you're going to get some kind of promo as well which that I don't think they've actually said what the promo is just yet but you'll ha- you will be incentivized to play commander if that's what your thing you know you want to do and you'll get some more cool stuff for there um another couple things that got announced uh there's going to be an Innistrad double feature after the second set of Innistrad comes out where I'm pretty positive, you know, we only got like a little bit set about this. It's going to be so you can draft it and you can draft both sets together. Like they'll be mixed in the packs, kind of like they used to do on magic online or uh, arena sometimes where they would just like mix the sets up and they'll do it for you. Also, I think it might have some unique stuff to that pack. Like, you know, a card might look different or whatever. It's
1: it's, it's special art treatment on every card according to the announcement. So it's going to be a whole different thing. And, uh, you know, this obviously makes sense, given that it's going to be awkward, if you want to draft them together, to draft two of one and one of the other, regardless of which is the two and which is the one. Yeah. I imagine this will be, you know, you some one, roughly one, equivalent one. to drafting, you know, one and a half of each. Yeah, uh, you just
0: go uh, one, 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 one pack of each set. <laughs> it's almost like it's three, you know? Like, it's almost like we get the yeah. whole block thing. I don't know. I, you could, you're you're
1: probably, could do it that way, too. But the, I, it like the, so, it, it's going to be nice to be able to draft them both together. Um... I kind of hope that, that like there are you know tournaments with double feature, but I can't imagine that's actually going to happen. Um, it, is it, are
0: you looking at as uh, an announcement about double feature? Because I don't have it. Is that one of the ones where like there's two rares in the pack too?
1: Um, it doesn't say that. It just says combined. select. it, it is draft boosters. I don't know if those have extra rares okay. in they, them or they something. Do, they don't. Yeah, there's seven thousand different kinds of booster packs, and I don't know the difference yeah, between I'm, any I'm of them. I'm keeping
0: up with the list a lot of it. One another cool thing they did announce and. Um, I'm glad seeing them doing something about this in this format. They have Pioneer Challenger decks for 2021. If you remember, if anybody remembers the Challenger decks in the past, where they kind of like gave you a deck, you could buy it, and it has 75 cards, and you know 60, and you're 15, you know for your sideboard, and you could play in an event right out of it. Some of them are actually pretty good. I gotta say, these four Pioneer uh, Challenger decks are actually very good, and there's really good value. Uh, the four are Lotus Field Combo, Mono Red Burn, Azoria Spirits, and Orzhov Auras. And there's some like good money for some of these cards in here. So if, if your local area plays Pioneer or wants to get in, this is a really good place to start because these are actually really good decks too. I I find it kind of weird that they did put Lotus Field combo in here because a it's like a really strange deck and b I think if this format gets popular again, that that is the kind of deck that could be on the chopping block at some point because it does a lot of like really dumb stuff that's hard to interact with. But you know. I'm sure there's like a price point they were looking at and like what cards they did and didn't want to print extra copies of, but you're looking at some pretty sweet decks here out of these four.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, these are among the more successful decks or, or at least Lotus field and or I would say, uh, Red and spirits, not as much um, though. You do still see them around. Um, so reasonable choices. I'm not, you know, obviously, you know, not going to be the person buying these, but this is exciting to me because it shows that WOTC still has some sort of commitment to the Pioneer format, and I think it seems pretty clear now that they're going to make Historic, the online format, and then Pioneer, the secondary format for paper play, uh, which means I, I expect that format to really, you know come back next year when paper play starts really coming back more. Um, I would love to see SCG, you know, once again, pick it up for the SCG tour. Um, and so it, it really does seem like they're trying to sort of raise it from the dead. Uh, so that that's probably the most exciting part of this entire announcement for me is, you know, P- Pioneer is, is maybe getting removed from life support, you know. Long live Pioneer. Yeah. yeah. Might be able to leave the hospital, go home, have a, have a fucking <laughs> cheeseburger.
0: <laughs> Gets to see the kids. You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: So um, you know th- that's you know. Now for... I want
0: a cheeseburger, Ross. I'm very hungry. By the way, I haven't eaten dinner yet, and you are killing me.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just gonna keep making food references sure. because um, you know yeah. that's the kind of messed up person that I am, Tannen.
0: And it looks like Pioneer is not going to be the only Challenger decks. There will also be Standard. Challenger deck's coming sometime in 2022. So if you're looking to get into FNM at your local store and maybe, you know, dip your toes into the first time you're putting into, like, competitive waters, these are a really good and affordable way to do it. And it's a really good way to, for you to, like, learn the competitive scene where you're at a low-impact tournament. You know, you're not playing at, like, a Grand Prix or a PTQ or something like that where people are going to be a little more cutthroat with the rules. You're, you know, expected to know all the rules here. It's a little more laid back, more lax cheaper entry fee. A lot of places do free FMs or like $5. And then it's a good way to make friends with the local players that are competitive. And like, as long as they aren't, you know, douchebags or whatever, obviously you can talk to your, you know, local, uh, constructed players and maybe talk to them about, you know, the finer points of sideboarding and stuff like that too. So you can kind of, cause like, that's the thing I struggled with the most when it came to play constructed magic. And I still think I struggle with it to this day is, is a sideboarding on the fly when you have nothing to go with or kind of figuring out a decisive plan in every matchup, you know, and that is something that, you know, you can, you can help each other out with and stuff too. So this, this presents a a good opportunity for that for people at home, if they have a problem with that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's going to be a new commander collection uh, this year. I have a feeling we're going to get some other commander product. but This is the one they announced. It's just commander collection black. Um, it's really cool. So it's going to be exclusive to local game stores, which is awesome. Um, it's going to be packed with double-sided, uh, double-sided tokens, uh, with a double-sided token, but it's the first time that they've ever made the, what is it, uh, Omniomancer token?
1: A Pheomancer.
0: Yeah, they've never made that token before, but it's actually in this set. Uh, hold on, I'm, I'm pulling up the, uh, the thing now for all the cards that are in it. So, yeah, it's got, it's got that token, and then it's got the, the snake death touch token or whatever I'm guessing is, uh, or maybe it's the other side. No, and it's got a zombie with it, but it's got, uh, Liana... Uh, the Heretical Healer with, you know, Liliana, Defiant Necromancer on the other side. It's got a Command Tower. It's got a Soul Ring. It's got Toxic Deluge, Reanimate, Phyrexian Arena, Ophineomancer, like you said, and Ghoul Caller Gessa. And all of these have new art they've never had before as far as as far as I'm concerned. And I gotta say this. I'm a big fan of a few of them because it's got like the the darker tint to it. Like the Soul Ring looks really awesome. The Command Tower looks really awesome. Toxic Deluge looks awesome. It's got a really cool new um, flavor text on it that's really good. And the Ophiomancer uh, art is is also very very good here too. So like another cool thing that's coming out for sure.
1: Yeah, and I do notice in the announcement that this says exclusively to local game stores, the Commander yep. Collection product. So it's clear that the, somebody is putting some thought into what products they want to sell via local game stores and what ones they want to sell directly. And I, I kind of want to put some effort into understanding why they put different things in different buckets. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get, we I, have bo- yeah, I don't know, but I'm going to think about it, Tannen. Yeah. I'm going to get and inside you- their head.
0: Yeah, here's another thing about double feature, but I don't think this says anything that we didn't. Yeah, this is weird. They like mentioned double feature, mentioned a bunch of other stuff, then come back to double feature. Whatever, but that's what makes
1: it a double feature, Tan, and you have to mention uh, it twice. I'm so
0: dumb. Exactly, I'm so dumb. Um, one of the next things that that got shown, and this looks exactly like if you've ever, if you're into pop culture, if you ever see the Marvel movie timeline, they always show like the, the it's like the the black background with like the names of the movies like over you know dates for when it's all coming out. They have this for. The incoming release schedule. And we've got the four sets for 2022. And all of them look pretty cool It has some sweet stuff going on. And we've got some uh, really cool returning sets for this one. I think everyone kind of knew about the first one. But we got the actual names and stuff of these sets. So the first one is Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. So we're going back to Kamigawa. If I remember correctly, it is set 2,000 years in the future from where Kamigawa was when we first visited it. And this is pretty cool. It has, like, a steampunk ninja theme kind of thing going on from what I'm seeing so far. Like a futuristic steampunk kind of thing. We haven't seen any cards or anything of it, but looks really cool. Looks like ninjas are going to be a featured thing in this set quite a bit. So you've never dealt with, like, ninjutsu before in Magic or Bushudo and stuff like that. Lots of, like, really cool stuff going on there. I actually enjoyed Kamigawa, but mostly because I probably have fond memories since it was, like, my first pro tour and stuff like that. So I played the set a lot.
1: Yeah, I'm... I'm not confident in Watsi's ability to handle representing, you know, Japanese culture, and I think I think Kamigawa is specifically Japanese inspired, right? It's not. Is, is there, yeah. it's not really an amalgamation it's, of, of.
0: It's samurai mostly, I think. Yeah, um, like samurai ninja kind of thing. Like
1: it, it feel it feels like they're going down a similar road to Kaladesh, where they're you know finding something that they think is going to be more you know more interesting for the player base and kind of giving it this veneer where they took in kaladesh they gave it a sort of indian veneer and now Mm -hmm. they're they're taking this futuristic dystopian theme and giving it a japanese veneer which i don't really like and i'm not particularly confident in their ability to handle it with with grace and sensitivity so i'm i'm holding my breath on that aspect of things uh but as far as the magic goes like you know going back to kamigawa is probably going to be pretty cool
0: Exactly, exactly. The set after that one is going to be uh, Streets of New Capena. I think it's... I'm not 100% how to how to pronounce this, but this one's going to be pretty cool. So this one is, um, if I remember right, it's like a gangster-themed set. And in it, if I remember right, there's like five... like I don't want to say houses, five families. I think it's probably a better way to put it. There's like five families that are going to be what you, you're centered around. And they're going to be three color identifications for these families. So I think there's a really good chance that we get the, uh, maybe the triome type thing gets yeah, finished but, here, even but, though I don't it is know the if it's the shard cycling. three color
1: combinations.
0: Yeah, because I don't know if they necessarily want uh, those lands in the set with cycling, if that's like the only cycling card kind of thing going on. But I like the idea of the theme. Like the pic- the picture that it shows, it shows a demon like with some armor. But it's over like a three-piece suit that has like pinstripes, kind of thing, and it's like that's just actually kind of cool. That like you know they're kind of gangster and stuff. So
1: sure, 1930s um,
0: Chicago, you know, like
1: yeah, I think that's sort of the aesthetic that they're they're going for. Uh, but it, in this case, generally, multicolored sets work out pretty well. You get good mana fixing, and that just you know it makes um, so like w- when your sets have good mana. You give a lot more flexibility in deck building, which makes it much easier to solve problems in just by you know changing the metagame and, and changing the way your deck is built, retuning it. So I think it leads to less metagame stagnation to ha- generally have good mana, which is why multicolored sets have generally been pretty successful in creating uh, you know good good balanced formats. Whereas artifact based sets have always broken everything and led to bans.
0: Hundred uh, percent agree. <laughs>
1: so the, I'm just excited to get another multicolored set because I think it'll generate. It, we have a better shot of having a good, interesting standard environment. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, I'm, i mean, I have high hopes for all of this going into next year. I'm really, really hoping this is going to be uh, some standard environments that I actually I, want to be a part of. I've learned to have
1: no hopes. Yeah, canon. I just. I just. You know, things come out and then I react to it.
0: Uh, I don't care about it at all. Yeah. It's kind <laughs> of thing. Um, and so in the third quarter of 2022 a set's coming out and this was this was the one that kind of got some hype here because a it's gonna be the 30th anniversary celebration kind of thing going on but we're well, going back to a plane it's the that,
1: 29th anniversary they're just well, they're starting it yeah they're saying yeah, they'll so they like kick off well like, magic okay. came out in august of 93 so like whatever, they're, they're just gonna do a whole year-long thing where they talk about the 30th anniversary yeah they can right? do whatever they want ross okay mm, yeah okay. i know they can but i'm still gonna complain about it yeah
0: And this one's going back to a plane that everybody really wanted to go back to because this is the plane that started it all. We're going to be going back to Dominaria for Dominaria United. So this is going to be a pretty cool Dominaria set. Uh, We don't really know too much about that one. We don't know too much about the fourth set that's going to be coming out late in the year, Um, but we do have a little more information on it. But this one, just the name of it should get you kind of excited if you know anything about magic lore. It's called The Brothers War. And this one's going to be uh, what started the feud between Urza and Mishra. So Possibly another Artifact-type set. We'll see. Maybe we get some new Urza Planeswalker or new Urza creature. Uh, Mishra will probably be featured quite a bit, you know, more than it has been in the past. Urza's gotten a lot of press in Magic, while Mishra hasn't gotten as much, especially in the last 10 or 15 years. So, uh, lots of stuff. Maybe we get the Tronlands in standard.
1: Maybe. There could could be a lot of things that happen, but it's going to be an Artifact set, which is always worrisome. That said... This is the one piece of lore that actually does resonate with me. I like the story of the brothers' war, so mm-hmm. I'm kinda I'm kinda in for this one. Yeah. And for I, the, I actually care uh, about this one.
0: Yeah, same. Okay. So you actually Oh wow. We we found the we found the line.
1: Yeah, there's always an exception to prove the rule.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for all of you that, you know, might not be, hey, I'm not into Standard as much, right? Like, I'm not into Modern as much, but I do like Commander. I do like, you know, the fun offshoot formats, you know, stuff like that. There's a lot coming for you in 2022. Uh, Of course there is. Uh, There's a new Unset coming. It's Unfinity is going to be in this one. it's, like, very weird spaced themed as well. Like, you know, to Unfinity and Beyond was set on the show and stuff like that. So, uh, space theme going on there. Uh, It says, it's Magic. It's in space. It's retro-futuristic fun meets a space carnival you must see to believe. Um, what,
1: what does the word retro-futuristic mean? Because it sounds like an oxymoron Star Wars. to me.
0: Star Wars. Like, it's futuristic, but everything looks, like, old. You know, it's got, like, the retro-frame kind of look. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Space carnival. Like, what the f- Yeah. It's going to have a science fiction-themed full art basic lands and shock lands. So I think the Shocklands are getting reprinted in the set with new art and theme to them. So, uh, and, bo- and those will be in both the draft and collector booster packs. So there's a reason for people who might not you know, normally want to be in the unset to actually pick this up. So there's that going on. There's a new Commander's Legend set coming out. And this one is going to be themed. It's a Dungeons & Dragons themed Battle for Baldur's Gate set. Um, so, you know, we got a little bit of the D&D set this year. Well, I say a little bit, we got a lot of the D&D set this year. This is going to be fo- focusing on the city of Baldur's Gate, and it's going to be uh, building on Commander-first gameplay of 2019 Commander's Legends. So it'll be returned to Commander Draft of Commander Legends uh Baldur's Gate. It brings in iconic characters, new mechanics, flavorful spells from D&D, plus Commander-style foil-etched legendary creatures and uh i i'm pretty sure you can draft and play a game of commander out of this one i'm not, I'm not sure on that one i remember them saying something along those lines maybe like you can use your a commander card as a commander maybe i don't know i'm not 100 and then uh this is where i got the the, the question from earlier it does look like there's going to be a double masters in 2022 as well and this is going to have uh you know two foil cards two rares or mythic cards in each pack um and it's gonna have powerful reprints uh, a multicolored draft format focus, and this is going to be the third quarter of 2022. And when they showed this, because I was watching this live, when they showed this, they had a picture up on the screen that I'm kind of excited about them having as a possible reprint in this pack. Because I don't know if you've seen the prices card lately, but Rinnin Six was posted up on the on the thing. And this is a card that definitely needs to be reprinted.
1: Yeah, what are they like 110 now?
0: They're a lot, like a lot, a <laughs> lot. Yeah, because they're in like every deck and stuff now. So, um, and then. There's, wait, Ross, there's more. Yeah, uh, there's always okay. more. Uh, so, in addition to MGG's Arena Jumpstart uh, Historic Horizons, uh, there's going to be a tabletop that's going to get a new twist on Jumpstart with Jumpstart 2022 arriving stores in stores on the fourth quarter of 2022. Um, so, they're going to try to bring like your, your, the Jumpstart historic feel from online to uh, to tabletop. Is is this something you're interested in, Ross?
1: So is this is it says a new to Magic card in every pack. So there's new cards in this set.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It but it is, is this a standard legal set? Is it a historic legal set? Is it a Pioneer uh, legal a set?
0: Legal? yeah. I don't think I don't think histo- Jumpstart is is legal in much. Like I think Jumpstart's legal in Legacy because MUX is legal in Legacy, but is Muxus legal in Modern? No. Yeah, so I think it's legacy.
1: And, I don't. And, at least I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Let's see.
0: Yeah, you can figure that one out. Um, do you want me? To, do you want me to say? Because there, there's more, Ross.
1: Yeah, it is just legal and legacy and historic.
0: Okay, cool. Um, okay, then, so they're not. So they're not. Yeah. It's just gonna.
1: Okay, I don't. I don't give a shit if they just fuck up legacy. That that doesn't. Yeah. Me.
0: Yeah, I mean they're always gonna do it. So there's a little bit more. Um, so I don't know if you've heard of. Have you heard of uh, universes beyond?
1: Well, I'm I'm reading it now, and this is just their way of branding the all the different crossover stuff, right?
0: Like we have uh Stranger Things coming, and then this new one that they, they announced is going to be Warhammer 40k, and I believe these cards are going to be legal in like modern stuff. I'm not sure about standard, but you know you might just get you know cards reprinted with the Warhammer look, maybe some you know individual stuff, but uh, they're going to be okay. So new art, new cards, powerful reprints. All set in the world of Warhammer 40k. And uh, the commander decks will be... There's going to be commander decks as well. Yeah, there's just four commander decks. That's all it is. Okay. So, uh, and they're showing a lot of space marines stuff.
1: Yeah. So that that one's commander focused. The Lord of the Rings one is actually going to be modern legal...
0: But that's in 2023 as well, so we're sure. getting you know quite a bit of whatever. But this this is supposed to bring the incredible depth of the world created by JR Token to life in a full Magic set release. So this one's going to be kind of like the D and D set, where it's going to be a full set like it. But like you said, I think it's modern legal.
1: Yeah, it's not a standard not legal standard. set, yeah. but you can draft it and do all, do all that stuff. Yeah, and then they're also doing Fortnite. Uh, yeah, that's in Secret Lair. Yeah, there's gonna and be then be a Street Fighter as secret layer,
0: and there's gonna be Street Fighter secret layer. And I will say this: one of the things they talked about, they talked about one of the cards, and it's just actually perfect. And I'm so glad that it is Chun Li is gonna be a card in the secret layer, and it has multi kicker.
1: Sure, sure. <laughs>
0: so if anyone knows anything about Street Fighter, you, you you get that reference, and that's pretty sweet. Um, I I think that's a. About it, besides one other really big thing that got announced uh, for, for all the other stuff. And, like, you know, they talk a little bit about, like, what's going to happen on Arena, Jumpstart Historic, you know, blah, blah, blah. But by the time the people listen to this, think Historic Horizons is going to be out. But there's been a little bit of news lately on stuff other than just from the Magic outlets about the Netflix show that Magic's been putting out. Because they're moving forward, and apparently the, the script is locked in, and they're going to go... But we're getting a little, we are got a little bit of information about it. So, apparently, the show is going to be centered around and following Gideon for the first season, I'm guessing. It's, it's going to expand on the events that unfold in Netflix series. The prequel novel dives into how... There's going to be a prequel novel that dives, in, dives into how uh, Gideon and Jace bond and distance that they share and cause. And then the show is going to go into, into Gideon. But uh, they actually show the actor, who's going to be doing the voice of Gideon for most of it. And it's none other than Brandon Routh. So, for people who... Maybe that that name either strikes a chord with you. You're like, oh, I've heard that name before. Maybe you don't. He played Superman and Superman Returns in like 2007 or something. like that, I believe is like one of his first like yeah. forays into mainstream uh, film. He was on Chuck. Yeah, for he a full played season. Adam Shaw. He played Adam Shaw. He was on uh, about seven shows on CW because he was in the Arrowverse. He played Ray Palmer, aka the Adam in that show and then he actually reprised his role as Superman for like one or two episodes where they like, you know, they went into the multiverse kind of stuff. And he's been on a ton of other stuff as well, but um, you know, he put out a little video of himself. Apparently, he's played magic before, played magic back in the day, but I'm going to hold out some hopes that this is good. Cuz this is probably where a lot of this money went that's been missing for the last few years and our stuff, you know, this is this is what they've been putting their money into and hopefully it's good for Magic.
1: If you're a dispossessed Magic player, all of your money is at Brandon Routh's house. Yeah. You'll get it.
0: Yeah. Uh, us here at MTU Rants do not endorse anyone going to Brandon Routh's house and doing anything to Brandon Routh. <laughs> just, just so you know. I needed to say that for our lawyers. And uh, there you go. Just make sure I'm, that was...
1: I'm going to be flabbergasted if this show is not terrible, mm-hmm. to be honest. It just, like, none of it sounds compelling.
0: yeah. Uh, A story did come out about this, so apparently we almost got a magic cartoon in, like, the mid or late 90s from Disney. And what happened is, like, you know, like, there were some meetings on it, and these people came to the meetings, and they, like... Told about the story and it was so 90s. Like it was going to be about this kid who like didn't know his father, but apparently his father was like this powerful wizard or something like that. And the kid would have like a backwards hat with like jeans, you know, a raggedy t shirt and shoes, and like eat pizza, crack wise cracks. Like he's pretty much a ninja turtle, you know what I mean, kind of thing. Like like every kid was in the 90s. And then they were going to like he was going to be a wizard and do like spells and stuff, and he's going to have like this kind of dumb ogre friend or something like that that was sort of, but then the twist was like the ogre hates wizards or something like, that. like they, they put this whole thing into it and it was like yeah it sounded awful and they like passed on it because apparently Disney had already passed on the show but they thought that if they could get a major branding thing attached to it Disney would be like alright fine just just make it make it sell like if they could get magic or something to put their name on it and this is probably like towards the 90s when you'd see like magic commercials it was on ESPN you know they were, they were trying to push to be a little more mainstream yeah. it seems like it's just taken us another 20 years to get there again yeah. But, you know, and, th- and that's what we're seeing out of all this stuff. So, real quick, Ross, I'm kind of tired from doing all this talking. I'm not asking for a break or anything, but like, they didn't just hire me for these announcements. I think I did pretty damn good, like, just
1: doing this. I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know what the stream was like or how that, you know, that went down because I didn't watch it. I was getting ready and, and going to do verses that was- morning.
0: Overall, it was pretty good. They had a little snafu here or there. Some parts were cringy, but, like, you know, they're trying to be funny and, and stuff, which is yeah. great. I mean, like, all the people involved are great. Nothing against the people, you know what I mean, that are that are doing the actors and stuff they have up there. But,
1: but all of this just shows you where Watsi's and Hasbro's priorities are, and it's in taking the IP of the Magic Multiverse and exploring that across a range of different media in while... Generally, you know, um, supporting the elements of the game itself that just lead to, you know, product being sold and pushed. And, you know, competitive play is just being left behind. That's the reality. That's all I see in, in, throughout this announcement. They're just trying to get everybody hyped up about, you know, different arts and frames and foils. And there's 7,000 different versions of every card now. So you got to own all of them. Otherwise, you're not cool. And uh and I can't imagine that they're putting in nearly as much time as they used to or at least the the resources that they used to into the actual standard legal you know regular set releases and you know we've heard stories from what goes on behind the scenes there and cards being you know pushed late in the process and not being tested in their- last versions and just you know being sent to print and'll'll we'll, we'll, you know, deal with the consequences later if we need to. And I think we've seen the overall consequences and we've, you know, especially in standard and um, where the format is just really bad and very stagnant because of, you know, significant balance issues that should be caught during testing of the set that just aren't caught now because, you know, half their team is busy, uh, you know, figuring out the next secret lair or what, you know, what exact deck list they want to put in their Challenger decks and what, whatever else they need to do to make all of these products and get all of these released as well. So you know, as much as individuals, you know, you're always going to find some people that like any individual product. Somebody's going to like the Fortnite cards. Somebody's going to like the Street Fighter cards. You know, maybe there are people that like all of it. Um, and but, but as far as I'm concerned, like if we want to have a good competitive game, which is what I want, like some of those products need to stop being made.
0: <laughs> and yeah, I can see that, right? Like you definitely make a good point. And on the other end, you know, this is good for the growth of the game, but it's not going to be the growth that you want to see, right? Yeah. That's not the growth. That's not the part you want to see. Uh, I was listening to, uh, I was like watching Aspiring Spikes uh, stream the other day Well, someone brought this stuff up. And he talked about it, and someone was like, "Oh, I can't believe they they picked Fortnite. Like, why? You know, they, it's a dead game." And someone just put up a couple a couple like things up where it's just like, "There's actually more people playing Fortnite today than they did three years ago." when it, it was like, you know, the quote unquote height of popularity. There's like 20 million games going a day, or something like that. There's just so much, right? And if any percentage that comes over to Magic Arena, that's considered a success, success for them. And then Spike was joking about it, and he goes, "There was a point in time before the pandemic where if you went in public." Right, you're just walking around in public. You could stop at any point in time if you looked in a 360-degree circle. Right, you know, you just looked around you. You could not do that without seeing a kid flossing. You know, the the, the <laughs> dance from Fortnite. is like, you just could not. It's not possible. You can't go into public where there's people and look around without seeing a kid flossing. And uh, I have done the research. He's he's right. There was literally zero chance of you doing this and not yeah. seeing
1: that. Like I have, I was helping uh, a couple of friends of mine move like a week or two ago, and uh, uh, they were ta- uh, Two of them were talking about playing Fortnite regularly. Right? Like, and these are non-magic players. Like, you know, yeah. So I, I think that you know, at that point, it's sort of a skewed perspective where you're always trying to find that the the sort of new hot thing that you know not a lot of people know about that is rising in popularity, but. You know, once a game like Fortnite rises, it's per se stays pretty popular for a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, like all these games have staying powered out, and you're seeing, you know, crossovers a lot of stuff. This is very popular, not just for Magic. Like, you know, Fortnite itself has a lot of crossovers where you get to, like, you know, buy skins for your character where you look like a superhero or something like that. If I played that game, like, I think I joked about this on the show like a year ago where, like, you know, I play Warzone a lot. and If I could play Warzone and make my character look like you know, uh, you know, Dak and Blackblade or like the Green Arrow or something, some character that I like from a show, I would, I'm like, it's just kind of cool. I like it. You know, it's a, it's a way to personalize your stuff, you know, show what you like, you know, I'm not into posters anymore, but it's kind of like a living, breathing poster in the thing that I'm doing, you know, same thing with your magic cards and stuff. Now, you know, some people like the walking dead, some people don't like the walking dead, you know, um, some people like Fortnite, some people don't, some people don't even know what it is. You know, I'm sure we're list- someone listening here is like, "Yo, I've heard of Fortnite, but I don't know what that God dangled thing is. You know, uh, I'm not saying that you, you talk like that if you don't know what Fortnite is. but I do talk like that, though. Yeah, you do talk like that. Like, g- give Ross a few beers and, and <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> it gets worse and worse. But uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm giggling because uh, Natalie just sent me a text. She's leaving to go to something and she's like, why I'm late to what I'm going for. And I know you probably can't see this. I'm going to try to show it to you. But it's a picture out of the front of her car. Can you see what's in the road?
1: Uh, Looks like geese.
0: Yeah, there's just a family of geese slowly walking across the road. And she's just having to sit there, like, wait for the family to go by. <laughs> she's like, <Nice>. late." <laughs> so she took a picture to show uh, the, th- the thing. It's like the, the people, like, my dog ate my homework. And you're like, yeah, you're like, no, literally, like, here. Like, here's the picture of the dog eating the homework. You know, like, here's the homework kind of stuff. So. Um, but that about wraps up for the State of the Union, as I like to call it here for for Magic next year. Ross, how are you feeling about it overall?
1: Um, I mean, honestly, it just seems like more of the same. Like they're they're pumping out and uh, you know, pumping out premium products. You know, focusing a lot on Commander and uh, now focusing a lot on crossovers. I think to they, I think they just really want to build the Magic IP. They want yeah. Magic to become something. You know, uh, obviously, uh, the highest possible thing would be like something akin to the MCU, right? That's probably like the the, the number one IP that exists that's today. Shoot, that's what everyone's yeah. shooting for. So everyone
0: yeah. wants the MCU. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. So they like you know uh, maybe you know five years from now we're getting fucking you know trilogies of magic movies, but like you know I've long since abandoned interacting with magic significantly on that axis and that there's you know a plenty of, of people like me too that, that focus on magic as a, as a competitive endeavor and that is just being de-emphasized more and more which is unfortunate i
0: think you're completely right about everything you said by the way so i'm not disagreeing with you and and you know kind of saying going on what you're saying it's when i look at this announcement it's like you know, two roads diverged into Yellowwood and sorry we could not take them both. You and I are taking the one less traveled by now. We're, we're taking the competitive route, right? And we're, we aren't we are what makes Watsy money. Like, not anymore. Like, the, the tours and stuff, it only goes so far, right? You know, you start about the pro and, and pro tour didn't stand for professional. You know, the joke was that it stands for promotional. You know, this is like to get the game out there. You see this and you'd want to do it. You'd want to be a part of it. You know, they took that away, did MPL? that didn't really work out. And, yeah, I mean, like, I assume SEG is going to come back, right? We've already said NRG is already, you know, throwing some of their tournaments and stuff. They've already announced a bunch. People are, you know, flying into that. We're trying to, you know, make sure you stay safe and everything, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure WOTC will have some kind of conventions. It doesn't make sense in this day and age to not throw conventions in some way, shape, or form when it's safe to do so. And I think you're going to see them be more like Comic-Con than like a Pro Tour, then you, then you get in the past, you know, you're gonna see. Think about a Grand Prix from ten years ago versus a Grand Prix three years ago. You know, you go to Grand Prix ten years ago, they might be an arch or two, there'd be a couple, you know, booths for Magic cards and then the Magic tournament. Now you go and there's just shit everywhere. I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. There's not just like bad stuff everywhere, but there's like, you know, the command zone, there's a million artists, there's cosplayers, there's all this stuff going on. And here's the thing: if I'm gonna fly to some city, if I'm playing a tournament or not, but it's some Magic thing. I want to go for more than a day and a half like we used to do for, you know, it would be like Saturday, Sunday, like a little bit of Sunday. I want to go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'll be entertained the whole time. I want to see a bunch of cool shit. And I want to see a bunch of awesome stuff and then maybe compete in something. And, you know, that's just going to have to change for some people because that's the way the game is going. And like you said is I really, really think that a few years ago they made a choice. They're like, we have to grow this IP as much as we possibly can. Uh, you can read that as suck as much out of it as you can monetarily as well if you want to do it that way but you know magic the way it was 10 years ago without any real change could not have survived the next 10 or 15 years versus fortnite versus you know these games stuff out there uh you know all all these crazy digital things that are making dances and tiktok famous and the way i'm saying this it sounds like i'm I'm shitting on these things and i'm not i'm saying but like with tiktok instagram you know fortnite these kind of things becoming really popular you have to appeal to that generation in some way shape or form to get them to come play magic the gathering to get them to play arena and this is how you do it and they're like this is how you do it with this product
1: yeah i i agree i I think if magic were solely focused on the competitive play the the pandemic would have you know obliterated it it would have been awful yeah yeah and so that you know the I think both sides are essential, and I think for a long time we I would say yes we we were too focused on on the competitive side of things. Really, the rise of Commander and Cube I think you know made it very obvious that there was a huge demand for support for casual formats, and uh, so those two things have have really led the charge there. Now I would say we, we've moved a little bit too far in the other direction, and. Unfortunately, it seems like Watzie is unwilling to commit the resources necessary to both develop the IP and release all of these, you know, fancy premium products that people like, while also putting in the effort to, you know, properly playtest and refine their normal standard legal sets. So they,
0: they just can't anymore.
1: I don't. I don't think. I don't think it was
0: ever as much as people thought it was, and it's definitely less now in play like playtesting their stuff.
1: Yeah. But that comes on the heels of, you know, three or four years ago when they made the, the, you know these you know, promises about putting in more when that first slate of bans happened, especially during the Kaladesh era. And it seems like they did that for a very brief time and then immediately went back on it and then went even further with cutting resources for playtesting. So Agreed.
0: Overall, though, I'm pretty excited, and I think all the stuff is really cool. I love every one of the announcements, uh, mostly because Magic's great. I want it to survive. I want it to keep going. You know, if I have kids, I want my kids to play Magic. I think everything's great. I would have loved an OP announcement of some kind, but I understand not saying anything, because like, not saying anything in some ways is probably better than we just don't have anything at this time. So we'll have to see. Uh, Ross, we kind of fall a little bit behind on the overrated, underrated. Do you want to get a bunch of that out of the way before we uh, go for this week's episode?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: All right. I'm 327 says digital only mechanics.
1: Uh, overrated. I think yeah, I agree with that. I don't <laughs> like there being a significant divide between online play or digital play and, and paper play. And it seems like they're creating that. And now it's going to sort of I think it's going to create this scenario where if you want to be a competitive player at the highest level, you need to be, you know, m- m- like just playing so many different formats and maintaining so many different collections with how arena works that it's, it's going to make it all the more difficult.
0: Yep. I agree. Almost all, wholeheartedly. I think some of it might be cool. I'll, I'll hold my judgment until I see some of all of it, but it's usually not for me. Uh, candy bar hipster says creating a new mechanic and using it instead of just using things they already had or that already existed.
1: I mean, properly rated you need you always need new mechanics everything needs yeah. to, to be fresh and i don't think anybody yeah. doesn't think that
0: yeah that's I, I think we need something new and fresh every now and then Even if you, or just giving it a keyword is nice too like you know uh chef petro shout out to chef petro what's up uh playing to your outs making the lines to draw them drawing them winning an opponent saying you got lucky <laughs> um, un-
1: underrated i love it <laughs> yeah it's yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things
0: I, I remember once when I was playing like blue white control and standard, you know, the deck with like uh, Sphinx's Revelations and like what was the artifact? Um, you know, they reshuffled your deck and gained five life, Elixir of Immortality, yeah, and stuff. I remember your your whole point of the game is to last as long as you like, live as long as you possibly can, and just cast, uh, you know, Sphinx's Revelation for a million. I was playing against like you know mono black or something once in an open, and that's what happened, right? Like. I made this game go as long as possible and I just never found one, never found one, never found one until I found it. The turn that I was going to die, I found one. I got to fire it off for like nine or something, right? And the guy just got so mad at me, right? And like so mad. I was like trying to just play it off, like not do anything. And then eventually, like he just, you know, kept saying stuff or kept, you know, being incredulous or whatever. And I was like, what do you want from me? He's like, I want you to admit how unbelievably lucky you got. And I was just like, "There's, I have four of this card in my deck and it's there to draw it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just don't be a dick, you know? But, like, this is also going to be my answer for the next one. This is from uh, Lee McCloud. He says, explaining a sweet card interaction to an unsuspecting opponent. As long as you don't be a dick about it, this is a really good feeling. I think it's underrated.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: Um, like, uh, uh, I got so much of like just splash damage of you doing it at the modern uh, event with the team event in Vegas where you had Phoenix for like the first time and you were like, d- you know, playing all these cards and doing all the stuff that people hadn't seen in modern. And like, you know, you're like, oh, it also counts to this card that's under. Yeah, the cra- uh, the Cracking
1: Drake interactions or yeah. like the faithless looting as my last spell to transform thing in the ice and then rediscarding Arc Light Phoenixes that were in play. And then they just come yeah. back immediately. And you're, yeah. my opponents are just like, oh, shit, I'm getting attacked for 13, aren't I? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know that that's a that's a that's a really good one. All right, the Hoppa says the NBA. It feels like another TV show to me.
1: Um, I would say the NBA is underrated. I think it's easily the best major sports league.
0: I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with not that. Uh, I don't know if I want to say it's overrated, but not that. Uh, Cathal says Anthony Bourdain. Uh, breakfast for dinner, dinner for breakfast. You can answer both of these.
1: What? Um. So. Breakfast for dinner is awesome, underrated. Uh, dinner for breakfast, I would say slightly overrated because breakfast food is great. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, um, I, I don't know. Like I, m- Most famous people are probably very overrated, so I, that's my default. And I don't know enough about Anthony Bourdain to deviate from that.
0: Yeah, I agree with the food stuff. Anthony Bourdain, I was never really exposed to him too much, so I don't really you know no too much (laughs) candy bar hipster says catapults
1: uh underrated
0: yeah underrated sure Permanent mass says cats like just in general you can take this however you want cats (laughs) um uh properly rated i'm gonna go properly rated as well to slightly overrated even though I do miss my cat, I love my cat. Goober, 1501. What's up, Goober? And I, I, I'm so glad he said this one. This is so, if you know Goober from Twitch, this is so on brand. He says, Hexproof.
1: Um, underrated.
0: I'm going to go with massively overrated. It's one of the worst things ever done to Magic. <laughs> uh, this is a really good one from me. Uh, I'm going to have fun with this answer, but I'm going to let you answer it. This is from Kren, Um Findelin, I guess. is I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, they say, Hobby Bios
1: uh there was a baseball player wasn't it
0: yeah short shorts off for the cubs for a long time he's with the mets now because he's, he's about to be a free agent so the, so the cubs traded him as part of like dismantling that team that won the world series um yeah i have no idea massively overrated like one of the most overrated players in the game uh he's like super flashy you know hits a lot of home runs does a lot of like real big flashy stuff uh He's pretty good at starting fights because he's kind of a douchebag. I think he's extremely overrated in almost every stat that he does. He's not a disciplined player. He doesn't walk a lot. He strikes out a lot, like all that stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's still fine, obviously, but like I could probably name like nine better shortstops than him in the major leagues, and he would definitely tell you he's the best one in the majors. So I'm going to go massively overrated. Candy Bar Hipster again. He's got a lot of ones in this. It says Waffle House.
1: Very underrated. Got to love the house. Okay. Uh,
0: sober, overrated. Inebriated, any way, shape, or form, underrated. That's my
1: answer. Doesn't matter. I'm there twice yeah. a week before Versus. Love it. Love the house.
0: Yeah. I might be fighting with Todd Anderson after this one. <laughs> the,
1: the house knows what it is. The the trick, though, is that the waffles are a trap. You need to go for the hash browns. Yep. I might
0: have to go to Waffle House you, after this. God, I want a waffle now. <laughs> you, you, don't
1: want, you don't want to, uh, like, get this, the super big hash browns. Just the single, though, because... You, uh, if you get like the double or triple hash brown, it's the same la- like amount of crispy layer at the top and just more of the hash browns beneath it. Yeah. So it's only in the right ratio in the single. So you just get a single hash brown, and then once you're done with that, if you want another one, just get another single hash brown. They'll probably still discharge you for a double, and you'll get the the right ratio of crispiness. Obviously, get them smothered with onions because that's great. They're, they're covered in cheese. I didn't think was going to be that good because it's a slice of processed cheese, but it's honestly not that bad. It melts so well. Yeah. You can get it chunked with ham. You can get it with jalapenos, tomatoes, mushrooms. There's a couple other toppings. I usually just do onions, but got all of the hash browns.
0: So, uh, Cathal says the influence of streamers on the metagame. I'm going to answer this in first and say it's, it's severely underrated. Uh, and I think that specific people, you know, canister aspiring spike, you know just to name a few can really really affect the game in a much bigger way than people you'd be surprised at how much they can affect the metagame and magic
1: now yeah i think they have you know a similar impact to what um you know early content had you know a, a decade ago you know before the rise of streaming obviously like you know writers and stuff we still have some impact but less than we used to Uh, and it, because it's streamers that are really at the forefront and people are watching them, you know, every day for hours and it's, you know, the the most up-to-date possible, you know, when you, when you need to, you know, write articles and edit them and post them on a website and then have somebody read them, you know, there's only so up-to-date you can be. So the, the live immediacy of streaming uh, really benefits them there. So yeah, I, I view streaming as one of the number one impacts, uh, you know, past, um, tournament results which is always going to be number one mm-hmm. but i think streaming would be a number two uh, the mountain goat says individual performance in team sports um overrated by a lot everyone just uses winning and losing as they like you know somehow supposed to be the true barometer and there's just so many confounding variables it's just such poor analysis it's the one thing i hate about talking about team sports is you get so many people who think like that and they're just impossible to reason with
0: yeah absolutely uh, Cathal says good tap water.
1: Uh, incredibly underrated. We have pretty good agree. tap water here in Roanoke.
0: 100% agree. I think it's incredibly underrated. We have some of the best tap water in America in Baton Rouge because we have some like natural limestone or whatever here that helps like clean the water or whatever. So I'm really, really jaded and spoiled with our tap yeah. water. Like you could just drink the tap water here all the time. It's fine.
1: Flint still doesn't have clean
0: water. It's fucked yep. up. Yep. It is fucked up. Uh, Candy Bar Hipster says Tasani water.
1: Um, it seems properly rated. Everyone hates it, and it sucks. Yep, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm i I'm not a big la- I'm like I find it very weird to be like a water snob, and most water yeah, is basically that one the definitely same. The worst. It I think that one is like, tap water. Dasani is just yeah, it's just a land of tap water, and yeah. Dasani is is just the, the actual worst.
0: Yeah. Uh, K. Fett says jazz, the musical genre.
1: Um, properly rated. Not many people like it, and it's not that good. I've tried to like I can listen to some. I like uh, Coltrane and, and Charlie Parker. The I, mean, I, you know, I used to play saxophone, so I, I, I like that. At, but like, I don't know. Just get. It's, it's not really for me, and I don't think it's particularly popular in general. So properly rated.
0: Yep. All right. Uh, gold says spirits. I think they mean the deck.
1: Not American spirits, a cigarette brand.
0: Yeah, I think I think they mean the deck.
1: Oh, in that case, overrated. Yeah, overrated. Uh, we're
0: going <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, quick fire, the next four for you. All right,
1: yeah. So try to all right. Humans, um, underrated. Humanity, underrated. Human ingenuity, underrated. Human integrity, underrated. All right, do you want to expand on any of these? Uh, I mean, I think it, it the the whole idea to be like very cynical about humanity is part of this like South Park generation caring about things is is you know, not cool or whatever yeah. that I really dislike. And it's very important to, for us to maintain optimism and, um, you know, in the face of a lot of major issues that, you know, we experience in the world, um, especially if we hope to have any lasting, you know, impact on the world in a positive way. So, you know, ultimately I, I believe in people to be genuinely good I think they are motivated by the systems in which they live to deviate from that fundamental goodness into selfishness and greed, and uh, so I think a lot of those things are are motivated by the perverse incentives of capitalism and the and the world that we live in. That is not to say that people should be absolved of taking those actions. They absolutely well, people should, should not be. be absolved. <laughs> be, be, you know, people should be held accountable for the negative repercussions of their actions. So. Um, so it's uh that it's a little bit more nuanced than that but ultimately uh and it, and that's also not to say that like if we set up a, a a socialist or a communist system that people would immediately be good but a system that incentivizes people to be good and brings out the best in us will ultimately you know you know create the best world for us and i i don't think that you know there is this fundamental greedy human nature that a lot of people use to justify the existence of capitalism. I think that's bullshit too. So, people good.
0: Yeah, Arophil says Stoneblade. I'm gonna go with overrated.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. It's generally overrated. always over. Yeah, it's, it,
0: generally, it's generally always overrated. At this
1: at this point, it's just a little clunky and. I just slow mean in the existence and... of the deck. Like it's yeah. almost always been overrated. Yep, uh, I think it was overrated in Legacy years ago. I think. Oh. It, severely the only time it wasn't overrated was when it was in standard because people played other decks and they shouldn't have
0: <laughs> yeah it's like what are you doing <laughs> all right leo the magic man says mini golf i'm gonna go with uh definitely underrated especially as an early date like if you need a good date place to take a date like i actually think mini golf is very good
1: yeah very social you know laid back you're, you're you know you're, you're talking to each yeah, other you're talking to each other while also doing something um so there there's there's something to drive the date along you don't have to do that solely via conversation like you're sitting at dinner yeah. um and it gives
0: you a good chance to flirt as yeah. well
1: which is like good plus miniature golf is a great game so yeah i'm 100 I'm percent in. completely agree underrated
0: i'm gonna give everybody here especially the younger men if you're like asking a girl out or whatever i'm gonna give you a little piece of advice don't see a movie on your first date or probably, like, a couple dates unless specifically she wants to go see a specific movie. Yeah. Like, do something where you can actually interact with each other and talk.
1: So, f- fun fact about miniature golf, though. Um, really, I have several. But uh, at one point, I believe I would played every single miniature golf course in the state of Connecticut. Okay. Um, because my and family... You're, and, and you're proud of this? My family played a lot of miniature golf. That was our I thing. That. Then I, I also... Well so I used to play with some friends of mine when I was you know in my teens and early 20s and we would play for ice cream. So there was always four of us that went and we played we played in teams of two aggregate score and losers paid for ice cream. And at one, there was one time my friend Colin found an old putter in his garage and he brought it and played with his own putter instead of the crappy plastic ones they have at the course. Uh, and he shot the best round still to this day. Any of us have ever shot at Safari golf in Berlin, Connecticut. Uh, he shot a 36, which is five under par. Um, and his par on that course is 41, which I still know to this day, even though I haven't lived in Connecticut in five and a half years. Uh, so, uh, and literally the next day we all went to the sporting the sporting goods store went to Dick's and bought putters and so in my friend's trunk we just had four putters and we roll up to the miniature golf course break out our putters and go play around it was great i played a lot of miniature golf too.
0: you and i are going to play for money someday
1: yeah you played actual golf that's not fair
0: i'll i'll do i'll play left-handed
1: mm, yeah, maybe maybe we could do that okay. i also haven't played in a, in a while I'm, I'm i'm not good i
0: haven't played in forever <laughs> all right Anyway, uh, Spark Trooper says mini-animals.
1: Mini-animals? What is it?
0: You know, like the smaller version of stuff. Look, as long as their health is fine, I think it's cute.
1: Yeah, I, I, well, I don't like the idea of, like, breeding qualities yeah. that we find cute into animals. That's how we get, like, you know, pugs that can't breathe and golden retrievers that all die of cancer by eight, so.
0: Yeah, you Pomeranians are, were bred to be much smaller and stuff, too, as well. <laughs> yeah. Which is what I have for people at home that don't know.
1: But like, obviously, small animals are adorable. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Mako Mark says Animal Planet.
1: Oh, uh, I don't know, kind of overrated. I actually really like watching Animal Planet. Stoned.
0: Okay, like watching planet
1: Planet Earth. Yeah, that's uh,
0: probably that seems like it'd probably be something great to watch. Yeah, and everybody Yeah, ev-
1: everybody wanted to watch. Everyone always wanted to watch the Under the Sea one, and that was actually always my least favorite. I liked watching like the uh like the African savanna. Like watching the fucking lion chase down a gazelle and shit, um, mm. or like uh, you know, uh, not not the rainforest, but like other other you know large forests and what goes on in 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 those ecosystems. So uh, that that part of it's kind of cool, but just the general watching it's just hard to watch for a long period of time for me. Mm-hmm. Also, David Attenborough is a piece of shit. <laughs> sure. Just getting that K- one in there. Kfet says UFC. Uh, massively overrated. I can't. I yeah. I, I just watch it and I I don't. It's it's so offputting. Like, why do you want to yeah. watch two people wail on each other?
0: Yeah, it's pretty overrated. I, I you know once the novelty of it wore off for me, it became overrated. Uh, yeah. It's like right, watching uh, like
1: fucking glad It's just modern day gladiators, right? Which is like sort of all of what sports is, but you know, uh, in, in terms of its social function. But we can get away from some of the brutality of it. It's also why I don't watch as much football. It's also just like I just watch and I'm, it's it's almost um unsettling. That's the word. Uh
0: okay. Uh our lovely editor Brent Wagner says bad beat stories.
1: Um uh, massively underrated. <laughs> I just tell very long bad beat stories and everyone. You answer. do tell really long <laughs> ones. <laughs>
0: uh i think they're overrated mostly uh there's some that are like but a good one a really good one is like very very good
1: yeah because you've heard so many bad ones you appreciate because yeah, you're people that are just worse. like yeah
0: man i just you know got like and i'm gonna use this poker specifically because this is where it originates from the term bad beat and stuff for baby stories you know like oh man i just got it all in with pocket aces and like they had kings and they won i'm like yeah, that's gonna happen sometimes. You're you got lucky first. You had aces when they had kings, and all the money went in. Like I, I mean, like the result wasn't what you wanted, but everything you could control was perfectly set up for you. So like, you know what I mean? Like when I started thinking about it in, the, in those terms, it it made me a lot better at taking these kind of things.
1: And yeah, it's just being process oriented versus results oriented.
0: Yeah, because being results oriented is brutal. I mean, we all do it. I still do it sometimes too. But uh, anyway, um, but yeah. Uh, Flackle says, good beat stories, massively underrated. I want you to gas up yourself and your friends all the time. Uh, yeah. You you had to think about that one for a second, Ross?
1: Yeah. All
0: right. I'm interested to hear what you're going to say. I hear 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 you are going to say about this one. Gold says the Oxford comma. Uh,
1: I love the Oxford comma. So massively underrated, even though I think most people generally like it, it. It's just impossible to be, for it to be overrated. The Oxford comma is great. I use it all the time and I hate it when other people don't
0: it's really funny that you and I perfectly agree on this. Cause I didn't think we would, I'm an Oxford comma person. Like I've been using, I've been using it for like 30 years, you know, like I'm, since I was a kid, you know, one of the, when you learn all that stuff, I've, I've been an Oxford comma guy. All right. Uh, Gil says Oxford shoes and the Oxford shirt.
1: Um, also both underrated. I own a nice pair of Oxfords from Alan Edmonds that I quite like. I actually have to relace them soon. I should give them a nice clean too, and maybe a polish. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I like uh, fancy shoes, so I'm I'm in for that. I also own some Oxford shirts, um, which are also really great. And when you buy like dress shirts, like the range of sizing is so much more specific because dress shirts are designed to be so fitted. So like I can find a shirt that actually like is the right chest and sleeve and neck measurement for me, and and get it off the rack, and it's great because I like my. My sleeve size is a little bit shorter than a medium would be. My chest size is right about what a medium would be. And my neck is larger. So I need like a large size for the neck, a medium for the chest, and a, and a short, a small for the sleeves. And somehow you can just make that all work. It's great.
0: Yeah, I love that about the shirt. If I have to wear them, I'm not a big fan of wearing them when I don't have to. And then the Oxford shoes, uh, I guess I, like, inadvertently kind of like them because I'm I'm a golfer, and, like, that's kind of where the golf shoe came from. It, like, pretty much is the same. The original ones were, like, Oxfords with stuff on them, pretty much. So those are those are fine. I'm not the biggest when fan. When you of, say like,
1: stuff, do you mean, like, the sort of detail work that's along the sides or stuff, like, that like, like the, broguing?
0: And, that and what's underneath it to make it a golf shoe, like spikes or what oh, sure. yeah. you use for, like, rubber and stuff now, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna skip one and come back to the next one because all these are connected in the way that I like. One uh it just says oxygen, which I'm just like it's properly rated. We need it to survive. But the last one of this is one of the funniest I've ever seen when they do the uh you know, the string of like related ones for this. And so this one is My Oxen Dying of Dysentery.
1: Um This is great, by the way, Flackle. Yeah, my oxen dying of dysentery, um, that's probably overrated. That doesn't sound great, and it's really going to delay your wagon train to the Willamette Valley.
0: Yeah, exactly, right? Like, you need to make sure, like, if your oxen die, like, you could have all the spare parts for your for your uh, wagon that you buy at the general store, yeah. and they're not going to do any good. The yokes and have the tongues
1: and wheels and axles yeah. and stuff.
0: You have all the bullets for your gun to go hunting and fishing and stuff, but it's not going to matter if you don't have someone to pull the damn wagon.
1: The oxen are important. Probably more important than your children. (laughs) They can die of dysentery and that's fine. Yeah, Sure, sure. Alright,
0: I think I'm actually going to end it there uh, this week. A little bit of a shorter episode, but I think that's going to be fine because I think the next couple episodes are going to be long with us talking a ton about uh, Innistrad, so I'm super looking forward to that. Uh, Make sure... If you haven't before, that you check out our sponsor. That's Bear Stern Man. You can find them at bearsternman.com. That's man with two N's. Lots of really, really cool uh, products for sale there. So make sure you check all that stuff out. Uh, and really, sorry, uh, I got distracted. Somebody's like parking in my yard. I don't know who this person is. I'm looking out my window, but. It's probably uh, me it's definitely it's definitely not you I don't know who this person is but yeah make sure you check out their uh, their website lots of really cool uh, shaving stuff soaps all kinds of cool things in there. make great gifts uh like I said I've been running through with some of their products with a bunch of different smells and scents and uh by the way the the what's the word again you know the smell the smell after rain petrichor it's it's pretty good i'm, I'm a big fan so definitely check out yeah, petrichor i got to get me some i'm
1: actually on my last bar of soap right now so i got i got to get some more
0: Ooh, I need, I need to send you a few. I've got a ton, so. Well, all right, Ross. If people needed to see, hear, or learn more from me, where would they go?
1: First and best place is my Twitter account. I'm at Ross Uh That's your best place to keep abreast of all of my magic comings and goings, uh, as well as some other things, and a good place to ask me questions if you have them. Uh, then there's my written content on Star City Games. Uh, my articles go up on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This week's article is all about the different fringe linear decks in modern and which ones I think have staying power, which ones I don't. Uh, so if you're looking to get into playing one of those linear decks and you're not sure which one to pick up, that's going to be a good article for you. Then there is Versus Live, the web show I co-host twice a week with Corey Baumeister. We're on the Star City Games Twitch channel from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesdays and Thursdays, playing whatever formats are relevant for competitive magic, having a good time with it, taking questions live from the audience. So I would encourage you to catch us live on Twitch if you can. But if you can't, you can find the VODs of those on the Star City Games YouTube channel. They go up the next day by 5 p.m. And then finally, there is my stream, which I promise is coming back soon soon. I don't think I'm going to be getting it done by the end of August, but it, it, we're we're inching closer. We're getting closer to it. It's going to happen. Um, and, you know, if you're following me on Twitter, you'll find out when it happens. Or you can follow me on Twitch and find out when I return there. I am Ross underscore Miriam on Twitch. So appreciate any and all support across those many different media. Uh, and Tannen, where can people find you if they want some, you know, less fiery rants? More but also more wrong,
0: yeah. More more generic,
1: yeah. Maybe yeah. So bland, maybe.
0: Yeah. You can find me under Twitch under uh, just Tan and Grace and on Twitter at the and Grace. So make sure you check out the stuff there. Probably have some more announcements about uh, that thing coming up in Vegas soon on Twitter as well. I don't know. We'll see. But um, you know that's what I've been tweeting a lot about lately is baseball and a little bit about flesh and blood because I'm having to put you know hours of studying in uh, every day. It's making my brain hurt Ross quite a bit. So hopefully we can keep up with, hopefully I can keep up with all that and I'll be ready to go for the show. But speaking of shows, that'll be the end of this one. So make sure you check out all of our stuff. You can find us on Twitter, You can find us on Discord, and we do have a Patreon, and we do thank each and every one of y'all that are in the Patreon. And uh, Ross has been sending me some stuff in the mail, I think, sometime soon. So if you see me out and about at any of these events, like if you're going to be in Vegas, I'm going to try to have some signed tokens from the uh, podcast with you. I'm going to try to. So if you do, uh, if you're a listener and you're in the area, make sure you come up and say hi, and I might have a little something for you. So anyway, but I'm really looking forward to next week's episode, Ross. So uh, get excited for that one. So we'll see y'all next week.